Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So hello and welcome back to Rock and Roll. Uh, joining me this week, giddy with excitement from his team standing on the brink of football glory. But as we know, Wallace is a rugby podcast. We can talk about biscuits and dirty dancing and people's nipples falling off. But I've got to draw the line somewhere. Ryan Wally's with us. How are you doing, Wall? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a good week. Uh, dodgy result result today for Lewis in his semi final, unfortunately. But apart from that, all my teams have been winning this weekend, so it's been been very good. So you still try to sneak a, a, a football reference in. I'm not having it. Um, and joining us this week is Sari's Lock Welsh International. She's captain of the country, and now she can lock her door with both hands again. Georgia <laughs> Evans is here. How are you doing, Georgia? I am very well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute delight to have you on. We, we were very happy to have you. Um, usually, this is where we waste about 20 minutes talking about biscuits. So, should we just cut the nonsense and dive yep. straight into the news for a change? Let's do it, yeah. Right, this is the news. So not a hell of a knot of news this week. Um, big two big ones, standout ones for me. Uh, URC first of all, have parted company, shall we say, with their social media team. That was after the video they posted last week, which kind of mocked an head injury. Is the the nicest way you're saying it? It's good to see them taking it that seriously. Do we think it's the right move to to be doing this? But it was yes. Absolutely, but they probably should have been done sooner because they said, I think, straight away that the post shouldn't have come out. And then a couple of hours later, after pressure, they actually put out an apology. And then the next day, they sacked their media team and all media company. Like, it's just stupid. Like, we, we have so much things, and we talk a lot on this pod about head injuries and yep. we talk a lot about um, red cards and trying to sort of lower the tackle and everything. But to have somebody who's supposed to be in, like in charge of one aspect of our game mocking it was just shocking. Uh, and I get like sometimes you can get 
companies running social media or like big, I suppose, celebrities and stuff would have certain people that run it for them. But that surely you need more control than that. Like as somebody who works in social media as well with a lower league club, yes, there's on there's minimal people that have access to that. So surely any of those type of things should be signed off by CEOs and that as well before any of it goes out. But um, you, yeah, you would have thought that there's like guidelines in place of things we can and can't do. It's something that's very much in the public eye at the moment for obvious reasons. And like you said it's something we talk about every week where there's always one incident where we go, well, they're saying they're not taking this seriously. Oh, they say they're taking this seriously, but then the actions look completely different. And we keep like, regardless of anything else, player welfare has got to be priority. Like mm-hmm. there's people out there putting their bodies on a line. And like we've got Georgia, who's like, you've had an injury recently. We've got players literally putting their bodies on the line. The one thing that we can at least protect is making sure those head injuries are not happening. So that they make a joke of it on social media, not the best idea. Like, so, but I'm glad to see that they've at least stepped in. They've done something about it. They, they've parted ways and shown that, yeah, we, we are taking this seriously. We're, we're not taking it lightly when these mm-hmm. things happen. It was just bizarre. But like you said, again, it takes a long time to eke out apologies, seemingly, in rugby. It takes a long time to make those, make those um, statements that should be made quite quickly after when you're clearly in the wrong. But we got there in the end, so that's something at least. Yeah. And then the other big news from this week is after Spain's heroics and qualifying for a World Cup, we might have another potential, same as last time round, potentially an eligible player playing. Surely history can't repeat itself on this one. Surely as well, after that happened last time, someone at World Rugby or somewhere has put something in place, like maybe a database of players so we know who has got international caps, who hasn't got international caps, and whether they can play for the country that they're now playing for. It, it's it, madness. It's madness. It's also sad for Spain, but also you have people in the game that are there to sort this out. Someone hasn't done their job. <laughs> like It's sad to see, but on the flip side, I don't know whether that means that Portugal get to qualify, and I know we've got some links to Portugal rugby and stuff ourselves. We've got some mates, the Portuguese <laughs> fans, so it's like we have to sort of be a little bit impartial, I guess, for that. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Portugal there and Spain kicked out for not following the rules. But it's a bit sad for the players that are there. Are you training about the uh, Patricia and Francisco already? By yeah. training for sport, we don't even know what's happened yet. We don't even know what they're guilty of doing it yet. But yeah. you're already talking for Portugal, yeah. Yeah. All right, no worries. <laughs> Hopefully not. I say there is obviously people in place whose job it is to do this. It obviously thought they're not doing a very good job no. if it happens twice in two World Cups. But yeah, surely you would have thought they've put some sort of like safeguarding procedures in place to make sure it didn't happen again. Surely, surely. It's we're rugby in it. Well, yeah, I I haven't had a like, no comment. That's all I'm going to say is no comments. We're rugby. I, no comment. I haven't had a rant about world rugby in at least three weeks now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I have said before that they, they've been a little bit toothless and a little bit shambolic at times. And I, I feel bad that I do have a go at World Rugby so often because they do do so much great stuff as well. And they, they've got a lot right recently, but they keep getting things wrong as well. But, Easy. Yeah. I, getting thing, things wrong, which you like, no offence, but like probably under nine leagues sorted out. <laughs> I just say I was um I'm being coaching under eights this morning and we haven't got anything sorted out. We <laughs> we played very well today. We were very good today. Not that anyone really cares, but I'm very excited for how we played today. <laughs> and everybody's happy. And as you know, that's my biggest thing. I don't care if we win or if we lose. Every game's a draw when the kids ask, but they really enjoyed themselves today. And it was brilliant. Um, 
so yeah, that's just about it for the news. A really yeah. short one this week. Uh, so Georgia, now we've got you on, we usually do a little getting to know you piece where we fire some quick questions at you. It'll be like either or, and it's just for people to get to know you. That's simple. Don't think <laughs> about it too much. Don't take it too seriously. We definitely don't with anything. Um, so we'll you'll notice that you'll notice that Georgia with the um, level of questioning that you're about to have, but it's not. <laughs> we don't take it too seriously at all. Yeah, yeah. And I will, you know, I am. I am saying that you are, you know, a professional elite level athlete now. So I will leave you like tap out on questions the way we would <laughs> usually push other people. But I'm sure we'll be okay. This is getting to know you. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. So, first of all, Poppy Cleo or Brady Cleo? Poppy Cleo. No. Uh, Abby Fleming or Dirty Dancing? Abby Fleming. <laughs> uh, fans <laughs> question for this one. Uh, Donna Rose or Donna Kebab and Glass of Rosie? Oh, I'd say Donna Kebab, but she might have my head, so I'll have to say Donna Rose. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of in-jokes going on in this as well. Uh, blue Ribbon Biscuit or Pink Ribbon Abos? Oh, Pink Ribbon Herbos. <laughs> uh, jazz Music or Jazz Joyce? Jazz Joyce. Yeah, it's got to be. Jazz music is rubbish and Jazz Joyce definitely isn't. Uh, and finally, the one that we always end on, and I will leave tab on if you want to, but John Inverdale, Jonathan Davis, Clive Woodward, Shag Marry Kill. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure. Well, who's the first one? Inverdale, uh, Jiffy, Clive Woodward. Oh God, pass on all three. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I'm ever going to allow it because. <laughs> The people that we've got to answer that question is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I I thought everyone would just pass and tap out on it, but yeah, go on, for you, we'll leave you off. I feel honoured. <laughs> Next time you come on, we, we haven't right? We're nailing it down. We'll have to have a real pros and cons list and have a think about it. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll yeah, put well, it on we've had, we've had people do that like live on the pod where they've gone, oh, yeah. hang on, actually, if you think about it, I was like, no, no, we don't need to think about it, just give an answer. <laughs> When you've got people um, who are journalists for national newspapers going through their reasons why they're going to have to kill Clay Woodward, I think that's that's peak uh, that's peak journalism and podcasting. Was that the same journalist? Was that the same journalist who said that they couldn't? They'd have to marry Jiffy because he's a lovely man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's getting to know you. We'll go a little bit more serious with some questions now, because it is uh, you know quite nice to have you on. It's an opportunity that we. Uh, we don't usually guess. We're going to go, we'll go serious for a little bit. So obviously, as we talked about, not able to take part this year because you did pick up uh, quite a bad injury earlier in the year. How's everything going? Are we on track to uh, to return by the end of the season still? Yeah, so far so good. So I, um, I'm four weeks, four weeks today it happens, which it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, broke my forearm nice and clean. Um, yeah, everything's going well. It's on track. I just got to wait for my six to eight week scan make sure that it's all healed correctly and then once that's a go 
I can start throwing a ball about and actually getting back to it rather than just running. So I can't wait for that bit. But yeah, on track, looking good for the end of the season. Obviously, no pressure on myself. It doesn't happen, but I would love to return for, for the end of the end of the uh, semi-finals. Um, I'm with you as well. Any excuse to not be running and do something else. <laughs> it's a forward thing. I don't want to be running if I can help it. <laughs> If I could run, I'd be in the Olympics. I don't want to <laughs> play rugby for a reason. Um, am I right in thinking as well? You had a metal, did you have a metal plate put in there? Yeah, so I, um, you can't really see it tidy. I got two lovely scars on either side. Yeah. They, they were concerned at first that I'd lose an arm, which I'm really lucky that it didn't happen. Um, and then once they'd sorted my wrist out and sorted me out, sent me on my way to hospital, they put two metal plates in either side, made sure it was nice and strong. So I should be coming back with a robotic forearm, but who knows? <laughs> like full Marvel superhero rugby, you know, like Bucky Barnes levels of... Uh... <laughs> And uh, obviously being Welsh is almost a stereotype that you'd be a rugby player. Uh, played for Pontaclean, but that's not where your rugby journey started, is it? No, not at all. So I started when, um, I started really late. So I started when I was like 16, 17, started in college, Yeovil College, where I grew up. Um, I moved home to Wales, went to um, my local rugby club, which is Nisabal, absolutely loved it. A beer and a pint after. Same thing, but a pint after the game. <laughs> a beer the and a pint and then another beer, yes. <laughs> like, um, lovely to be home. Challenged myself for Pontaclean, um, which really helped me. Lisa Newton was phenomenal in, in getting my career off with Wales. And then um, took a leap of faith and come to the top of the table in uh, in England. And I've been here ever since. So it's been fun. <laughs> and doing well and enjoying it. Yeah, loving it. And... Um, Obviously, this year, then, we've got the, the massive uh, contracts being under the first professional contracts for women. You've been given a, a retainer contract. Um, how much difference does that make to you and to other players and how you approach games and tournaments now that you've got those, those contracts in place? I think it's massive. And I think um, the biggest thing for us was because it came off of the back of such probably turmoil in the last couple of years. We've not set our standards um, in any way where we want it to be. Um, I don't think we've done ourselves justice in the last few years and that comes down to like not having that time and not having the time together but also um, the biggest thing is like the recovery time and the time away from the training field yeah. that you get and when you've got a full-time job everyone will allude to it a full-time job is hard enough as it is let alone then having the pressure to then go and play for your country at the top level and compete against some of the best teams in the world so having these contracts now is uh, game-changing for us because it means that those 12 core players are um, in camp all every week really refining their skills us retainer girls are in and around as many times a week as we can and must obviously we're still juggling part-time jobs um, it's a work in progress so having that contact time as a group is so beneficial to refining those skills refining you know not that we like doing it but the running like the fitness side of rugby like it all it all helps and it all adds up and you've seen that in the performance yesterday like in such a short space of time um I don't think um anyone would have expected a huge turnaround because it has only been such such a short amount of time but actually look at look at what happened and I think that's just a testament to the hard work that we've put in behind the scenes and the time that we've spent together and and been able to really refine those small details so yeah they are they're a blessing for us 
Yeah, and you say the instant impact, and you would have thought that's only going to grow and get bigger as well. And we've seen what, what England are doing with a settled system with those professional contracts. Brilliant, yes, they will move on to the game later, obviously, but it was a joy <laughs> to watch. Um, so it is the, the first tournament with these professional contracts in place and everything. So what is a what does a good tournament look like for Wales this year? What 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 are you looking to achieve or do you think they should be looking to achieve? Um so before before yesterday's tournament, I said that if we finished fourth, we would be happy. And the reason I said that is because I think that's a good stall to set out that off the back of last year, like I alluded in the year before, we 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 didn't win. I haven't won a Six Nations game um, since playing. So uh, <laughs> to come fourth would have meant that we'd beat two teams, um, maybe even three, but just on points, whatever. So, but it's performances based. After yesterday, I'd say we, we want top three now. Um, we've proven that we can we can put in a performance and that we can play. And I think that was always. It was always the case. It was just coming to fruition. It was getting what went on in the training paddock actually onto the field and translating because it's if you look at the team, it's not a completely different team to what was put out last year before. The same girls are still doing that work, but it's just the time we've been we've managed to spend together. So I think for us now, we can really push for that third spot. Um, we're under no illusion that the threat and the challenge that France and England are they're at the top of their game, that they're, they're unbelievable. But for us, I think those games are going to, be um, a testament to how we like they're really going to challenge us and look at where we are in the world really and the performance we put in in them games I think is going to be the biggest overall marker for how we're looking and how we want to portray ourselves in the World Cup. Yeah absolutely. Um, Sorry just jumping in just touching on the World Cup I was going to mention that as well like in regards to the World Cup itself how does that look for you guys because I know I was reading the other day that apparently the um World Rugby haven't even confirmed yet how many players are going to be allowed in the squad. So is it sort of discussions and stuff being had in regards to you girls that are obviously on the pro contracts and then the retaining contracts are potentially going to be are like already sort of nailed on for spots or is it still going to be a case of looking at who's sort of in form at the time, I guess? Yeah, so um, I don't think they have um, fully confirmed. I'm under no impression that they have confirmed the numbers. Um, but I do know that just because we've got contracts and just because we've got retainers, it doesn't mean that we guaranteed a spot on that plane. Like we we were told when we were given contracts, you here's a full-time contract. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to start. It means that you're now in full-time, but that means you've also got to be on form all, ta- all the time. So yeah, they're definitely going off, um, off the Six Nations, obviously, in form players. And we've got, Cecilia got capped yesterday. We've got girls still coming through uncapped that I know that they want to tap into and see what they perform like on the big stage because whether there's an, if there is a, a big pool of players that we can take to World Cup, amazing, the, the bigger the better. Um, but if we do have to narrow it down, you know, there's going to be a lot of selection headaches, but he's going to go on who's on form and, and when. So we talked about sort of the changes for Wales with this professionals and coming in. We've got the World Cup just around the corner, uh, but it's been quite a big reset for the Six Nations as a whole with regards to we've got the new new sponsorship, the new the new broadcasting details and moving away from those like traditional dates, for want of a better word. Does it feel different for someone who's sort of inside the game? Because as someone outside, it, it does feel like a an all-new tournament, essentially. Does it yeah, it is pretty, it's pretty amazing. I think they tried it last year, um, which... I don't think had the same effect purely because there was no crowds. There was no way that we were going to generate much money through 
not having crowds there, like in, in the men's and the women's. We also played less games. So I think last year was quite a hard tournament to go off. Um, whereas because they brought it back in and we do follow the same structure as the men, we're still playing the same teams on the same weekends that the men did, but just in a completely different um, calendar date. So it's, it's exciting because actually we're getting our own public like publicity. Whereas when all the focus is on the men, like in previous years, you'd have all the folks on the men and then you may see an Instagram post saying it's game day for women as well. Or like you may see one or two stories that follow our thing. Like there's never been like a spotlight because all the spotlight is on the men. And, and so it should be, it's, it's a great spectacle, but we want to be that great spectacle as well. So by putting us in a standalone calendar, has made the buzz so much more exciting because people are coming just to watch us and people are coming to fill seats and to enjoy rugby for what it is rather than like you know other women are playing next door should we pop do you know what I mean like it's yeah. it's a completely different um standalone game and I think that it's just promoting us on a level that we wouldn't have got if we were in the shadows of the man and I think that's really exciting it's showing with the the record numbers that were held in all three games um, over the weekend, so yeah, it's it's a good buzz. I was going to say, yeah, record numbers and, and fantastic atmospheres as well for for all of them. It was brilliant. Even just sat in the house watching them, you could feel the difference in those games. It was really great yesterday. And it was funny as well earlier on because I I was actually watching in delayed slightly the France Italy game, and as I put it onto press play, I grabbed my phone and the first thing I saw was about a minute after you tweeted about wanting to play in France, like how good the crowd was, all the flat, and it, the atmosphere was ridiculous in, in France today, wasn't it? Yeah, it's mad, and just seeing like that many people going out to watch a women's game, like they're going out to watch rugby, like put aside the women's game, like they're going out to watch rugby and they put on a spectacle, and it was just like it. it their own, we're creating our own brand now like people are actually noticing like when we're on and the fact that BBC are covering every single game is just like it's game changing for us and it's only gonna grow the sport which grows the revenue which grows the whole game so it's, it's just amazing and yeah it's a good chance um, and the one thing that I had as well which I, I mentioned earlier was <clears throat> so obviously the the sponsor is TikTok I noticed a lot of the girls in camp and stuff are obviously all over it I've seen like Kelsey Jones and Cecilia and stuff what about you would you have been sort of in and around that or would you sort of stay away from it um I'm not a massive I'm not a massive TikToker and only because um I work in a school and all the kids were always like miss miss you're on TikTok you're and I just I can't <laughs> like, turn up to school and then be like miss I've seen you dancing on TikTok like not something like that <laughs> you do so um yeah, I might jump on it, but I think it's good because it builds like it builds them communication and like the um, relationships between like fans and players. Like we're we're all just really normal people and we're all down to earth and want to chat to everyone and just like just have fun and enjoy what we're doing. So if if TikTok's getting the girls out there and, and getting the characters out there, then it's the best way to go. And maybe I'll pop my head in once in a while, but I'm not as cool as like Cecilia. So I'm like not that person. <laughs> I've got exactly the same problems. I'm not cool enough and I work in a school as well. So I, <laughs> I'm trying to do TikTok without me being in it. So I'll pop yeah. up clips of everyone else up. That'll be fine. I'll I, just be the camera woman. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm no alone Amar. I've got no chance of it. Um, and then to round it off, we've got a fan question, which just happens to come from my partner. So she said that there seems to be a lot of political edge to when any conversations happen around the women ga women's game. And lots of people want to talk about that rather than the games themselves or comparing it to the men's game quite often. Is that felt as a player? And 
do you think there's kind of an expectation on women to have those bigger answers rather than just be able to talk about the game? Um, yes and no. I think it's really hard. Like when you're in it, like obviously we just want to focus on the game. Like we just want to focus with what we're um, doing, what we're training for, and and the game that's coming up. I think like the whole politics behind it. I think you can't get too wrapped up in it um, when you're in it because. We also don't know what's going on behind closed doors and we don't know who's working with who and, and what's going to happen next. Like, you know, we kind of find out when everybody else finds out, if that makes sense. So, like, we're in the dark as much as anybody else. So we kind of just want to focus on what's what. But when it comes to comparing, like, with the men's game, I don't think there is a comparison. We're in, We're under no illusion that we're still years and years behind it. But when you look at what England are doing and what France are doing, and New Zealand, like these these countries are leading the way and they're taking an alternative route to what the men did and they're doing something completely different to what the men did, but it's working and it's it's measuring up to be like one of the greatest things Like the fact that New Zealand and England sold out in the autumn um, in Sandy Park, like ridiculous, like that's what the men do. And I think that's like, it's the important thing is not to compare and not to be like, oh, well, they did that, so it must work for us. Like, we're all on completely different journeys. It's, it's probably going the same way as the men, but we're all on completely different paths towards it. So I think just to not get caught up in it when we're involved in it. Um, so when it comes to the big questions, I'm just kind of like, I'm here to play rugby. I'm not the brains behind the operations. So, yeah. Long <laughs> I think that's kind of what, what she was saying as well. Like She said, if I was playing at that level, I'd just want to be like, well, I, I just want to talk about tactics and I want to talk about what we did today, yeah. especially on the back of a win. I don't care about anything else. What I would say is, um, in, in a comparison to the men's, I think women turning professional, the trajectory of terms of what's going on on the pitch looks much better than when you look back at when rugby first turned professional in the men's game, where the games were still we were absolutely awful for a long time. Whereas I think these are really brilliant and entertaining games that are going on at the moment. So I think the trajectory there is, is much better. So you say that it's a little bit behind and hopefully it's going to catch up much quicker than it, it took the men together. I think personally, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no uh, strength and conditioning coach. I'm definitely <laughs> no skills coach, but yeah, in terms of enjoyment of watching it, it, it got there a lot quicker. I think that is that we, we, like I said with Wales, like we're the pretty much same team, but like, it's the fact that we all we've all kind of wanted to be professional for a long time. Like you see England taking that step, you see New Zealand taking steps. So we've all kind of like been been trying to live a professional life, especially since like being in in the um, Alliance 15s. Um, we're all kind of living like a professional, but just balancing that with a job. So when it came around to like here's a contract, we kind of just like took it everyone like quit their jobs like did it but like there's actually no change in behavior it just that like we've got more time to recover like we've got more time to do things so I think that's the biggest thing is that we were waiting for it and expecting it whereas I think with the men it was like stop drinking and stop doing this on the sideline and like be professional whereas like it was a change of era whereas now like we're professionals waiting to be professional if that makes yeah. sense yeah so it, it was the foundations are already in place before the the money and the contracts came there yeah. Yeah. Whereas the men still were drinking and eating crap for a good few years after they got to that level. Um, well, did you have any other questions? Did you say? No, I'm on, on like, as it is at the minute. And I think we've covered the basis where we wanted, mate, to be honest. 
the, the, only, you... the last one I was thinking of, I thought I was just checking to see if there was another one, but the one I wrote down was the TikTok question I just asked. So <laughs> it's, it's, only, it's, it's only because I'll be, I'll be bluntly honest. I've had it for about a year and a half and I hardly use it. And in the last month or so, I've got to try and use it more. I've been using it for, for the football club. I've started doing stuff myself. I don't, I'm not going to put myself on it. There's no way I'm doing any lip syncing or any of that stuff, but it's, <laughs> I, I followed since the, obviously the launch and since it was announced that TikTok was going to be the um, sponsors, I've sort of tried to be a bit more active on there and trying to follow more for like grassroots sort of rugby as well for, for women and stuff. Um, because I'll be honest, I didn't where I am in Essex, like, there's no real clubs here. There's we've got Thurrock T Birds, which the the wonder that is Rachel Burford used to play for years ago and stuff, and Sally, Sally Tucson and stuff. But there's the like, that's the, the level that they play at is just I think just below Allianz, maybe maybe another level below. Um, because there was a, there was original chance that they were going to be in the, that top sort of eight or whatever it was when it first started. Um, but yeah, like looking at looking at grassroots as well, there's a massive development there as well. There's loads of progression, like right across the board, both in England. Sort of. I know, I think Wales probably, we've got club sides. I think there's that bridge of gap. Like, do we look at the regions? Do we look at a team going into uh, into the Allianz 15s? Maybe does that help, et cetera? But at the minute, I think the last, certainly the last few years, there's been a massive growth there. And there's one thing I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day. I think, and I'm, and I, Stefan, though, I'm, I'm quite good man, with my, sort of feelings and predictions. I make some random ones sometimes, which makes no no sense at all. But I said to my friend when we were talking about rugby that because of how well I think this is going to work for like you guys becoming professional and stuff in Wales, I think that there'll be times in the next five years that your home game is going to be at Principality. Like I'm not saying it's going to be sellout, but like 10, 15,000 going there, watching it there. Because I think like, I sound very similar with Wales, um, football at the minute where they prefer to play at Cardiff City Stadium as opposed to being a principality because of the crowd and it's busy and it's louder but I do think that why why can't you guys play principality why can't England play a trick and I'm like like I get like moving it around is going to grow the game but I reckon that's going to be something the map like something that will happen in the next five years or so I'm not having that talk on this podcast though it's the Millennium Stadium as well you know <laughs> no I know but <laughs> this principality nonsense I can knock it on the head <laughs> Um, yeah, so if that's all we've got for now, then should we move into this week's games because it's definitely well worth talking about? Because I, yeah, I, um, so we'll start off with Wales Island. I know we usually leave out to last, but I can't because I'm too excited. <laughs> yeah, same. So, <laughs> uh, obviously, it, it wasn't the game that, that kicked us off yesterday. The game that did kick us off, I'm going to have a rant about later on to, to close the show because I was really unhappy about something. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant to to sit down and watch it. I actually uh, watched it today. I couldn't get, I couldn't watch it yesterday because I'm moving house. Which I know this is old. You want me to keep saying it, but if there's anything in the background, because I've got my whole life behind me in this room, so I don't know if you can see any of it. Um, but yeah, it was an absolute joy to watch. And as you said, like I thought it would take a little bit of time for it to sort of trickle through with the difference that it makes being professional and those contracts and the law. Not even just being professional, like we talked a few months back on you all about how you were finally given sort of training facilities that are the standard that you should be getting already. And like it's taken a little time. Obviously, we've had the change of the coaching staff as well. And we've got someone coming with also the connections to the, to the men's team already. But so it all sort of ties in together and just being given what you should have had all along. I thought it would take a little bit of time for that to trickle through and maybe we'd be competitive this year or more competitive. It was a great start, though, wasn't it, Georgia? 
yeah it was outstanding and I think the girls put in a real shift I think the biggest thing for us was that um that we highlighted was off the back of the autumns um it was a big learning curve that the last 30 minutes were always going to were, were always kind of our downfall so we'd perform up until the last 30 and then maybe we'd let a few tries through or you watch the Canada game where we were winning all the way up until that that last 30 and then they just ran around us so I think that was a big onus on us this year was that um them last 30 we were gonna we were gonna change the tide a little bit and, and actually really take it to players and um not have that done to us actually be the one that's um scoring all them tries so yeah the fact that the girls come out were, were competitive from the start it was such a close game all the way through and then to just to to take three tries at the end was just so so pleasing to watch and actually there was some really really good rugby played as well I think both sides played exceptionally well but yeah, just to see some some free flowing rugby, and actually for us to score, I think that's been our downfall in the last few Six Nations is that we've been able to keep ball, but we've never been able to score off it. So to be able to do that, the coaches have given us the freedom to go out and just play and express ourselves, and and that's what they did yesterday, and it was amazing. One of the biggest things I took from it, and is is somebody that means Steph both know quite well, um, sent us a message yesterday that said that Hannah John's try at the end is probably one of the best Welsh tries scored. And not, not for women, like across the board, like you look at the handling and everything, you look at the way that she stepped and the pace she used, like that's got to be up there in a highlights reel for a Welsh, like anybody, Welsh try scorer, let alone just in the women's game. So that's probably another good thing to take from it too. Yeah, that's amazing. And she, she finished that off so well. And it was like, it was the patience from us. Like it was... It, the game was like pretty much won well it was won um, we were going into it they were just you could see the confidence just oozing off of everyone yeah. and like for Rob Wilkins just hold that pass give it to, to Hannah and then she showed like why she was one of them that got the contract because she showed her footwork she showed her pace but also her strength like to hand off and to move um, move her body around it was just yeah it was exceptional and to to have it being said like one of the best Welsh tries is, is pretty great so yeah she did uh, she did a great job yesterday the the whole game was played to sort of breakneck speed. There was no there was no letting up. You know there there was no, especially slowing down for a scrum. Like the ball was away from from rucks pretty quickly. Scrums were set and away. It was really joyous and entertaining to watch. I think the weather helped as well that we've got like and whether that comes with that little slight change of calendar. Like we've pushed it on a month. And then suddenly, instead of playing in god-awful conditions and freezing cold and the ball's like a bar of soap, it was absolutely glorious. And that's not taking anything away from, from the talent levels, but, you know, it is a little bit nicer. And especially as a fan to turn up and stand in the in the stadium and not be, you know, bitten by wind and soaking wet and be able to watch rugby like that. was. But the game was just, it flowed. It was brilliant. We, they said we played at such a pace. And when it was open, like I said, it was sort of heads up rugby looking what was on. But there were some nice set pieces as well that, that were run. There were some nice set plays that off the back of that came together really nicely. It was just good all round yesterday. Um, the forwards sort of dominated. That, that rolling mall was absolutely devastating at times. And obviously tries from it, one ruled out as well with the, uh, the obstruction. But it, it just all clicked, didn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it's one thing we've been looking at. Again, we always talk about previously, but it's probably been our down for our set pieces sometimes let us down. And if you don't have set piece, then what can you play off of? Like it's a big ask to, to ask your backs to kind of tidy up our mess and then go again. So our set piece is a big focus. Um, we've got a new uh, forwards coach. 
who's come in and worked really hard with the girls um, to refine them details. We want to play fast rugby, like that's a big thing for us. We want to be playing fast and exciting rugby and to get the likes of Jazz and Hannah on the ball. Um, Lisa, like all our um, backs, we want the ball in their hands. So we've got to set a platform for that. So it's a big onus on us to make sure that the game flows quickly, that we just keep the ball in hand, retain possession and just keep, keep ticking over. And like I said, like, we don't want to blow up in the last 50 minutes. So it's been a big pressure to, to build that fitness and to make sure that we can work all the way up to the 80th minute at that tempo. But I mean, when it comes to the dog work and, and the rolling malls, like the girls did outstanding. It was unlucky to get ruled out. If you didn't have TMO, it would have standard. <laughs> um, like it was, yeah, it was class to see the girls get over the, the whitewash and to show that we've got such dominance in a pack like that, we've always prided ourselves on having so much pride and so much aggression yeah. um, that to see that come to, to come to light and then to also have the fancy backs do their fancy running. Um, it just like all came together yesterday. And I think um, it was a, it was a really, really good well-rounded performance. And I think Ireland did exactly the same, like they gave us a challenge and it's all credit to them that they kept the, they kept the game flowing as well. So yeah, it was a great match. I know obviously you you come, you play in um, second row as well, but like that back row yesterday was just, I know you played there as well, but the three that started and obviously Sean had to come on as well. But uh, one of the things I've always thought of, and like we, me and Steph know um, somebody who knows um, Sue Ann quite well, and it's like, you, she just seems like nothing phases her in the sense of like, I'm here. Like she's like, for want of a better phrase, the talisman for your team, I guess, like takes it all on, carries up, et cetera. But like, she seems just like an inspirational captain as well as just as just a person as well. Um, so yeah, that was good to see like her Alicia Butch just being amazing yesterday. Obviously, deserved to play play the match award. Um, but yeah, it'd be good good to see that mix when you're back as well, George, just to see where everyone fits into that blend, doesn't it? Yeah, like she and she and does carry that team. And when I say that, she she carries that team in more ways than one. She is she is one of the the most inspirational women I've met. She's fantastic on and off the film. She works so hard. Um, to to be where she is, and she deserves to lead the, um, our country out. And to have her to follow her on the field is is a pleasure. Like you know, she leads by example, and she's like, if you're going to do it, I am too. She's one of them characters. I think the back row for us yesterday were outstanding. Like we're we're so blessed in Wales, men and women, that we've got quite literally a plethora of players to play, like back rows to choose from, and it just makes people's lives harder. Like should we just drops into the second row like I cover second row Sean like we all we all just cover everything um just so that we can get on the field and, and we do that for the love of it and I think the background yes they're outstanding I think having the the finishes come on finish the job like they were absolutely outstanding they lifted the tempo like higher than we thought was possible so I think it was it is a massive credit it's a whole squad effort and it's always a cliche that like you don't want to be on the bench but actually those girls came on made an absolute impact and I wouldn't be shocked if they if a few of them put their hands up for next week because I think that they were outstanding just as a start as well and that includes your uh, your club teammate as well I guess yeah, Donna did a great job. She's see, I said when she scored, I was like, she's going to be so chuffed because she's now got more tri international tries than I have. She <laughs> <laughs> took a minutes. <laughs> yeah, she, she was. I, Alicia Bush says before today as well was just incredible. You mentioned it already, but the angles that she ran yesterday were were out of this world. It was it was absolutely world class. Like it, it was a joy to watch it. 
I yeah. think it's something we don't really see enough a lot of the time, and it, it, it does come from that quick ball. But yeah, she was absolutely excellent. I say every time Jazz Joyce touched the ball, you, you thought something was going to happen. She's just absolutely lighted. Like it's one of those players where every time just two steps in and she already looks like she's at full speed. Um, Katie Powell looked superb at full, but I think they say everything came well together. Elna Sozil's kick in as well was, was pretty good, like with the tactical kick in, although the game was much more when we used it when we needed to. It, yeah, it, it just all clicked. It was a, I, I loved it. And more than anything as well, not just a win, but a bonus point on the board. That's got to be massive come the end of the tournament. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is that we've now got points on the board and when it comes to them points, you know, I said that we'd be happy with the fourth place win, but actually we, we want to push ourselves even further and challenge that third. Um, and I think all them points matter. Like you watch France and Italy today, how close that was. And um, a lot of the games that like they're going to be, they're going to be close and everybody's going to be challenging for places. So I think all the, the more points we can get now in the early stages, I think the better for us um, come the end. So yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So if it, the tournament goes the same way the game did, because the longer that game went on, the, the more comfortable Wales looked. If it, if that's an indication of the tournament, then it could be a could be a good one, is it? Is it my, uh, my only disappointment yesterday was when I saw the the, the twenty three named and seen Cecilia in twenty in the twenty three shirt. I thought she's going to come on as like a crash ball twelve. Like I was like, I'm all for it. I just wanted to see. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I know that confused me as well. I was like, what's going on? But to see, like, I'm so glad that she got her first cap. Like, she thoroughly deserves it. She has quite literally crashed onto the scene and she's been outstanding. She's she's a hell of a girl to tackle and her playing in the Prem 15 is just amazing. So, again, it just adds to like selection headaches and she's a fantastic second row. We've got a number of them that are all vibe places. So, I think that having that strength and depth in the team is going to just is just going to make it harder, one, for coaches, but two, it's just it's going to help us the longer we go on. So I'm going to have to get back fighting fit, I think. <laughs> and it's great to see the scenes as well with their family and stuff cheering around afterwards. I don't know if you've seen it all. And then I think I saw a clip as well that, that she got presented her cap on the field as well, didn't she? It wasn't done sort of behind the scenes so everyone could see it, which is good. Yeah, they like to... Uh, I think it's it's one of them things that Yoan's brought in and it's um, just like creating that atmosphere and having people like... It is, it's a celebration and, and it shouldn't be kept behind scenes. So I know that in the autumn, a few girls got awarded their caps in front of their family and friends, uh, which I think is amazing because I know Cecilia's family is just everywhere and they will follow her to the end of the earth. So yeah. <laughs> it's special for her. But it, wasn't, it wasn't just caps, was it? In the autumn, there was people getting engaged as well. Yeah, I know. Full of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> It's all happening on the pitch before <laughs> before games, after games, during games. <laughs> Full drama. Um, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to touch on from from the Wales game? Okay, I don't. I, I, the only thing I would take from it is having seen Ireland before. I didn't think they. I thought they'd be better than what they were, but I also think we were better, a lot better than what we were expecting. And they probably weren't expecting that either. So uh, it's a case of we were a lot better than than them, but I don't think they maybe got sort of fully flowing, if that makes sense. But we didn't allow them to. It was the way that how well we played that stopped them playing. I, I think that's the case because obviously they started quite well and got out the, out the traps quite quickly, and it did look like okay, they are, are we going to obviously had a, a bit of a torrid time against them last year, and it was well, is this going to go down a similar path again? Or like, how, how much can we just stem the flow and, and can we just be competitive at the end? Mm. And then, yeah, I, I do think a lot of it came down to us forcing errors, creating things ourselves and really took control of that game. So the, the last 
or the second half especially the second half we we, we looked fully in control from the moment we came out I thought yeah great. Although, although they you know they did score tries and they they did extend the lead a couple of times it was it, Wales looked the better team from from half time and deservedly the result went our way yeah uh, so the game that kicked it all off uh, one that I'm sure will be sort of a big one for the rest of this tournament because it, as you said it, to find out where we are in terms of uh, the grander scheme of things. Scotland, England kicked us all off in the sunshine in Edinburgh. We talk about the difference between last year and this year. Oh, two years ago in Edinburgh, sorry, where the conditions were absolutely horrific and it, it snowed and I, everyone looked like they really didn't want to be there, especially Scotland. <laughs> What's that? They were loving life up there. <laughs> yeah, they really looked like it as well. It was a full-time whistle win. Uh, but this year, sun's out uh, a decent, a very decent crowd um, in the, the damn health. See, this is what this is the trouble when we do principalities on the damn health stadium, which is an awful name. <laughs> I don't want to have a go at Edinburgh or Scottish rugby, but that's a, a terrible sponsor to have picked. They must have paid good money for that. <laughs> but kind of what we expected, like we're always going to expect England to, to be dominant against teams, I suppose. As you said, they've they've got the professional structure in place and they've had it for quite some time. So any surprises at all there? I think in the first in the first ten minutes, I think England you could tell, and it's similar to what France did today. It was a slow start, like it or you could tell it was the start of a campaign, um, and it almost looked like they were they didn't really know how they wanted to play. There was a few and, handling errors very early on, and it was like really unlike it was it was unlike England. Um, but then I think once they get going, once they kick up a few, um, at the moment there's no stopping them. They just they get the wind in their sails and they're gone. I think Marley Packer had an absolutely outstanding game. She's been on form all season. She just she was just stealing stealing the ball for fun. I thought Poppy made an absolute nuisance of herself. Rosie Gallagher had an absolute like stormer for her second cap. Like I thought she did brilliantly. Um, and there was like there was so many of them that just stood up and, and did a job. And I think it's disappointing for Scotland because I think I was expecting slightly more just because they've been together for quite a while now. And what I mean is they've just come back from World Cup qualifiers. They're on a high, they're going to World Cup, like they're excited. They've been together training for a few months now in um in preparation for them qualifiers. So I thought that'd be a great lead up to then come into the Six Nations. So it was a bit disappointing because I think I expected probably a bit more attack off them, especially when they played last year. They they held England quite close last year in the Six Nations. So, yeah, it was a bit disappointing from them, but I think that they'll come out stronger from this. Um, I think that was probably a big um, reality shock for them, but I think England can take some good bits away, but we've all seen Simon Middleton talk. I think he'll probably be working a lot um, yeah. and won't be happy with how, the, how, they, um, how they dealt with a few things. Yeah, I kind of expected Scotland to go in a bit more battle-hardened. As you said, you know, they've just had the qualifiers. They, they were coming into that game. You would have thought sort of hitting the ground running and then didn't really. I, I've got the same names you read other than um, Sarah Byrne as well. I thought she was excellent mm. for England. Again, we talk about, about forwards hitting angles and it, like an all-round skill set is it, absolutely amazing. She looked absolutely excellent yesterday and 
the, the trouble you've got with this England team is like out of the 15 players, they almost all of them look like superstars. Like they're all established, they're all brilliant. It's not just a case of, oh, well, we've got to watch this person or that person because like you look at the old team sheet and you go, okay, yeah, this. That, the easiest way I can put it for just how good that team is, is you go in to pick my fantasy rugby <laughs> team before the game starts. And you're like, right, okay, so I, obviously I can only pick four England players. So now I'm like, <laughs> I've got four already. You know, I want to add another three in there somewhere. So I'm going to have to juggle things around. So they are just a, an incredible team. But as you say, you know, they, they've had that structure in place a little bit longer. It's, it's kind of what other teams will be looking to as kind of the example at the moment. And then, hopefully surpassing time but yeah they just look so good yeah I was looking at it this morning as well like you look at the players that weren't in that England squad yesterday like like Hannah Bottomman wasn't there Vicky Cornborough wasn't there Zoe Olcroft wasn't there Vicky Fleetwood wasn't there Mo Hunt just coming back from injury Sarah Harrison wasn't playing like that's just breach they're, they're, t- they're players that any other nation they're stars and it's a joke that they're not even anywhere near the 23 yeah well, you take Take one player out of that squad and you're just replacing them with the World Player of the Year. Or yeah. you take another out and you're just replacing them with the top premier try scorer. Like, you literally can't... Whoever you're replacing them with, it's literally like for like... that. They're, they're probably different superstars in their own way. But like you said, they are superstars and that it just breeds success. And they're fantastic guys to watch because to put women's rugby on a platform... They're the they're the girls that are leading the charge, and rightly so because they're producing some some fancy rugby, and and it's good it's good viewing to watch. And credit to Scotland, I do think that they they had sustained pressure for a long period of time, and I think they gave them a tough battle. But I just think let an easy try. So you had Abby Dow just quite literally dancing through a number of defenders, and it was like, how is it humanly possible to be that so balanced? He's so balanced and so strong. Um, but yeah, like a number of them, they're just insane athletes and players. And if one of them doesn't get picked, like you just put another one in and it's it's just goes round and round for them. And they're very, very talented and very lucky. Just going back slightly on that, on that, like to you as well in regards to the Saris, like it must be great for you in the sense of like your backer options there as well with like Poppy, Vic, Vicky, Marley, yourself, like whichever three of you start or if you're in the second row. That, that pack's formidable as well. So it must be good like for your own development to play with them as well, I guess. Yeah, it's massive. And I like I credit it a lot. So I started in the 2026 Nations before lockdown. And I will happily say, like, I was quite forgettable. Like, I wasn't um, established. So I was playing in the second row, not preferred choice, but playing in the second row, um, took a leap of faith after that campaign, went to Saracens, worked with the back row, and the lights of like Poppy, Marley, Fleeto, all three of them just changed my game. And I think it really helped me, challenge me because I knew I was up against three of the best in the world. I knew I had to push myself further. Um, and I, I managed to take one of them back row spots for, for pretty much whole season last year. Um, this year to, to get everybody on the pitch, you know, I've gone into second row, but they the reason that they're, they've helped me so like my game has come on so much is because of because of them girls and having that um like success with England and bringing their knowledge and their experience back to club and teaching me who's still like young to the game um is just like you you can't buy that and they've been pretty amazing in my development and helping me go from like 
kind of forgettable in my first six nations to go and bang here I am like I want to be a starter in the world cup so yeah they're they're amazing and on form in club and country they've they've been great well it speaks volumes for just how good that Sally's team is that like England started yesterday and it, it was the Saris girls running in tries almost straight from the off. Like it, it was Saris against Scotland at one point yesterday and Saris were winning. So, yeah. And obviously, as you say, you, you know, they, they're passing that knowledge on and then we've got, we can, you know, reap the rewards of that as well because you get to go into the camp and you're, as you said, experienced now. You've, you've got two tournaments under your belt and so when we get you back for the, for the World Cup, hopefully then you've got plenty of experience to pass on now as well. So, it's good for good for Wales to have you there as, as much as uh, we love having our players at home and we'd love to have a, a team here where we could support a professional women's game eventually. You know, I don't think we, we, we're missing out too much at all. We're gathering some experience over the board at the minute. It's working out quite well for us, hopefully. I mean, I say about having a, a Welsh region for, for the way I think that's Bristol Bay, as I said. This I was going to say exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like 50% of this squad is Welsh anyway, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much yeah, I bet they got that they got rid of that toll on the bridge there would have been loads of them of them we'd have all been broke <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah we, we, we knew what to expect from England I think regardless of what happens we're, we're all going to expect sort of them and France to be the, the two teams to beat they've started as, as we expect them to go the whole tournament can, can you see Anyone outside of those two sort of getting a victory anywhere along the line? I think this is so this is presumptuous, and I'm, I'm gonna be um optimistic. Um, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility after watching the France game today. I think England again, top of the top of the table, and rightly so, top of the world, rightly so. Yeah. Um, outstanding and I think that's that's going to be the market for us that's going to be the challenge we have France at home which gives us the slight advantage because playing France in France is a formidable task like having the amount of fans there and how passionate they are they're like Welsh fans they're nuts so I think having France at home is um, beneficial to us I also think like the way that they played today it took them a while to get into the game like it wasn't until the second half where hit their um oh two seconds really hit their <laughs> sorry um so I think I do think that we could potentially could potentially see um upset with France just because I think if the way that we're going and we keep growing the way that we are I think there's potential there that we can um we can really push them to the edge I want to dare say win I might just say it, we could win against France. <laughs> so Steph, that's the name, that's the, that's the title of this week's pod then. Georgia Evans says Wales will finish second. Yeah. <laughs> Wales definitely will beat France, says Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Just don't quit no, me on it doesn't happen. <laughs> we, we like a bold statement and we, we like optimism, so I'm more than happy with that. I'm absolutely yeah. delighted with that, in fact. So, yeah. I, they say this... Um, we're closing the gap and anything at the moment, if you can put those performances on the pitch, which we've already started doing, is a massive step. And if the wins come earlier than we expect, even better. But yeah. um, I, I think no matter what happens from you as well, we've already started in a way that that's shown that the improvements that are happening on the pitch with everything that's started to happen off it. And obviously that's not finished. And this is just the start of laying foundations and hopefully it'll be the kick up the ass that, 
the Welsh Rugby Union need to to plough that money in a little bit more and invest a little bit further and, and show exactly where the women's game can go. But yes, it's been a great start. Um, and then the last game of the weekend today, and I'm going to put a confession out there because, as you know, I was late on this podcast because I haven't been in, so I haven't had a chance to watch this game yet. So I'm relying on you two to, to guide me through this a little bit. But France, Italy today, again, as we were expecting, a win for France. But, uh, Wall, all the pressure's on you now to, to start us off. So, to be honest, the game today was in my opinion, stereotypically for the more, I would say, male rugby fan um, of, of for male rugby, it was it was like a typical France-Italy game. It was, Italy did okay early on. There was, France were still at the traps. Um, it was very physical. There was like penalty mistakes, scrappy games starting off. And then when France wanted to play and when France wanted to go wide and wanted to try and score, they would. And that's what in the end, they got the the, the, the the point. It was closer than probably people would have thought it was going to be. Um, I think, to, to quote one of one of our mates, I think everyone now wants to get a a, a set of um, pajamas with Beatrice Vigoni's face on it because she's just amazing. She was fantastic today, as usual. Um, yeah, but like star star of the match for me, and obviously it was on the losing side, but. Yeah, it was a typical France-Italy game. Um, Italy dogged, but didn't really offer offer loads, and France scored when they wanted to. I'll take your word for it for now. <laughs> I've got nothing to offer this at the moment, other than I did see a clip of um, the crowd, and as you said, Georgia, absolutely mental. Like It's brilliant uh, to watch uh, the crowds. What I, I think that's really... The judge as well of of how well it's going is is the footfall coming in to say that the people who want to watch it the, the bums on seats want to a better phrase, like and other, it's a very good start. But coming back in having Norad crowds last year to to break in records over three games on the first weekend is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else to add on the the France today? Anything you wanted to say, Georgia? Um, no, I think I think you hit the nail on the head um, with it being just typical France Italy. Um, I think Italy had chances. I think they fluffed a few, which would be disappointing for them. I think they created a lot, but it just didn't get a hand in the end. Like it's just it's them little, it's them really fine details that when you go against France, they're gonna they're gonna eat you up. So I think France also though didn't really show their best their best rugby I think there's a lot more to come from France and it was quite shocking because I think you know we always look at the France England match as a decider and that's going to be the big the big one especially going into this World Cup year they're both at the top of their games that I think France really need to start a certain dominance and I think maybe they're 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 bedding in a few new players which is a is a great each start to strengthen strengthen your team, but maybe um, they just didn't click today. But saying that, they still uh, they still scored a lot of fancy tries and they still won quite comfortably. But I think um, I think there's a lot more from this France team that when they click, they'll be they'll be ultra dominant. And the size on their pack is just is just unforgivable. So um, <laughs> look forward to that game. <laughs> um. So if that's all we've got for the games this week, then well, I know you said two things to me. It was don't do the Inverdale Woodward Jiffy question. 
should we like- drop winners and wankers? And so I've obviously re- I've turned both of those down. We are going to finish on winners and wankers. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so I will repeat this as I say quite regularly. Obviously, the wankers is very tongue in cheek. We don't actually dislike the people. It's just the phrase that I chose to use. It's how the podcast started, but we'll go into that another time. Um, so kick us off then for our wankers this week. Well, I've only got one. And I'm, right. well, I've, I've got I've got two actually. One of them is rugby related. One's not. The one that's not is the referee from Lewis's semi final this morning who cheated for the second time this season. I'm not having that. I'm not having a kid calling out calling out referees in kids sport. No, <laughs> not, shocking. I so, referee honestly, kids sport. I'm not honestly, having that. Like I even wrote a little thing. Like I I, I respect them for doing it because I could never do it. But we've played against this team twice this season, and he's given given four goals to them. And today in a cup semi final, we win in with two minutes to go and he's given them a dodgy penalty and we lose an extra time. So I don't care. I'm having it. The other one is for anyone in the past, anyone that's been said derogatory comments about anything to do with women's rugby, because this week we all saw the launch of No Woman No Try. Absolutely fantastic film. Um, we know, I know we're going to do more on it this week, but that film, the thing, the, the way that people spoke in that film, the way that people are, the games yesterday, the way that everyone right across the board in media is talking about the women's game and the actual spectacle itself. Anything that's been said to Rodri in the past, total bollocks. There we go then. Uh, no woman will try, obviously, we're hoping to get Victoria on for next week. She was meant to be on for this week, but obviously with uh, launching that and then the, the launch of the, the Six Nations and everything that's gone on, we haven't been able to find a time where we were both available. So definitely open to have her on for next week and a, a quick interview to talk about that. But I know you've watched already. I haven't yet. But um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to, to get it on next week. Uh, Georgia, you're wankers for this week, or wanker. Oh, God. I did try. I was really trying so hard to find one. After I got prepared for this question, I was like, right, okay. So trying to find one that, like, fudged something up or, like, did something, like, silly. Um but I honestly, out of all the games, I couldn't I couldn't find many. If I was to give it to anyone, I'd give it to um, Sean and Alex for denying Kelsey that try. <laughs> That's my favourite one we've ever had. <laughs> I'd put them together and they loved me for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's my favourite wanker we've ever had. Um, wankers for me this week... Um, one is a group of people that always say, so there's always, and I'm, I'm going to say it because, and I, I know that certain people, like these people hate it when I say it, but it's always white men. And in this case, it's always people about our age, so like late 20s to mid 30s, who, when you tweet something, just tagging that uh, didn't happen in the year awards. And you're like, if I'm going to make something up, it wouldn't be something this trivial and shit. So basically, I was watching the England game yesterday. And my 12-year-old walked in and he said, oh, the comedy on this is brilliant. It's so much more exciting than in the men's game. And so I was like, yes, like I'm 100% having that. And so I tweeted and he was basically saying, oh, every time Sarah Rocha, like got excited, like she started shouting and then Brian Moore was explaining. And it, and it was really good commentary. And that's basically, the, I tweeted that and then I had four people going, tagging in, didn't happen at the year awards. And I was like, like, I can come up with really good story. Like I'm, I'm I, I used to write a little bit, so I'm quite good at coming up with stories. 
I wouldn't make that up about a 12-year-old saying, I like this commentary, this woman's really good. That'd be a really shit thing to make up. But it's always the same people. And you can go through their timeline on Twitter and it's always something either related to women or a woman that they do it to. And it's always the same group of people. So they are my first wankers of this week. And my second wankers of this week is whoever at the BBC decided that a women's Calcutta Cup game was less important than Zebra Scarlet. Like... It was Scotland v England to launch this new Six Nations with new sponsors. And they made such a big thing about, oh, we've got a new broadcast deal and all the games will be on, but some of them will be on the red button because you get to watch Zebra Scarlets. And I'm a Scarlets fan and I did watch that game anyway. But like, could we not have put that on the red button instead? I mean, it was already on Premier Sport anyway. So if you were that big a fan, you would have just put it on Premier. But like, it was absolutely mind-boggling. It would never happen the other way around. I know we said about comparing it to the men's game, but if it was England-Scotland for the opening game of the Six Nations, they wouldn't go, oh, yeah, but you're going to have to go on the red button because fucking Dragons are playing Connacht on fucking BBC Two. Like, it would never happen that way around. So Can we are... add something to, to that as well? Whoever's idea it was to cut back to the studio and not play the anthems in the Wales Island game? Yeah, like... I... It's shambolic. Like, I, I had a go at it last year that loads of the games were on the red button, and I was like, like let's give it... A... The coverage it deserves because especially like how many as a kid how many times did you stumble over rugby because it just happened to be on bbc one it was on bbc yeah. two that's how i started watching rugby league as well because yeah. the challenge cup just happened to be on so like we very much need it as front and center as possible so people who are just channel hopping can find it and so to put it on the red button and decide to put zebra scarlet on which is essentially a dead rubber like i'm a scarlet fan like i said but it's essentially a dead rubber game to think that that scotland england played set and fiddle to that in wales is an absolute piss take. So they're my wankers for this week. And if you can't tell, it's really, really well me up. <laughs> I think, I think like, we take so much time to praise how far it's come. I think we take so much time to praise, like, what the people are doing. Like, oh, they've given us coverage. Like, they're covering all yeah. three. That's amazing. Like, but I think it's so important that, like, things like this are called that. Like, the little things like that. Like, I was so close to tweeting yesterday, and I was like, how much trouble will I get into? Um, but <laughs> It's, it's one of them things that if you don't call it out, like it's never going to change. And, and it is them, it's the small things now that's going to make the biggest difference for us, like overall. So I think like that it is, it's a massive joke. It's, and it's a massive kick in the teeth as well, because actually yeah. it's your country play in. Like you want to watch your countries play in. Like you don't want to watch, sorry, you don't want to watch the Scarlet and you can catch up with that. Yeah. But it, countries are playing you should always have that front and center because they are it's like the football it's like anything you would always put that first so yeah i'm with you <laughs> yeah it, re- it really won me up there and i tweeted it as well and i thought oh, that tweet's not going to cover it this is definitely <laughs> going to be a run tomorrow because we're i don't realize i wound up i would get with it um and then we like to end on the positive note which is why we end on winners now so wall your winners for this week i've got lists and I mean lists upon lists. Um, I'm gonna. Pick... I've got kids though, so I have got to put some of the bed at some point. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm here. just gonna just use three. So uh, both Jay Conkle and Patricia Rigoni for the fiftieth caps this weekend. Um, and then don't know if it's something that Georgia would have would have accessed and stuff or, or seen it, but one of our good friends, rugby journalist Jess Hayden, um, started a women's rugby newsletter this week. Um, asked on Twitter just for anyone to just send their email address and stuff. And it's, it's great. Like, I, I'll be honest, I used it for, for a lot of the prep for the pod and stuff as well this weekend. Um, Jess is great. Obviously, the stuff she does, stuff she writes and what, what she does promote the game is fantastic. So, yeah, they're my winners. Uh, Georgie, your winners for this week? 
going to be really obvious. Um, <laughs> I just want to back um, all my girls because I think they just did an outstanding job yesterday. And I think they took everyone. Um, they they shocked a lot of people. They shocked the doubters. Um, and I think they really put their hand up to show what we're about and where we can go. So I'm going to say all of the Welsh girls that played a part and not just the 23 I think everybody who's been involved in that squad has led them to where they are and they're doing an outstanding job and the backroom staff so all of them people back in Wales brilliant and the perfect winner as well because uh someone did tweet us this week and say this might be the Welshest podcast you've ever done if you've got you three on so uh yeah can we Pull that clip of Carl and Ron at the start again, and then we'll yeah, we will, yeah, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll fully Welsh it up now. It's, it's, it's like carte blanche to do what we want. Other people have said it. No, it, so, it, it's, um, hap- it's happening. It doesn't really matter. It's like we 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 did we did six nation we did six nation podcasts last year, Georgia, for one for each country. We had some of our friends like ad being an advocate for each one. And about a week before it started, somebody else in the group chat we've got just randomly sent a um, um, voice note of them singing Carl and Lon. And genuinely, it's like the greatest thing ever. So we put that at the clip. And like, I, even now, I've, I've got it starred in the group chat. I just, every so often, just go and play it and just, it's got to be done. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get our props. Props, we'll ask her to do another another world song for us to kick off this thing. Um, <laughs> I'll add Jess Aiden into my winners for a much simpler reason, which was um, I put Jess Breach in my fantasy. You said she could play in any team. She yeah. was in my fantasy team. And then she pointed out she wasn't starting. And I completely, <laughs> I, I was so it was such a given in my head that she would be. I didn't even check. <laughs> I didn't even check the England lineup for that bit. I was like checking the forwards, and then she went, "Have I, have I missed the change?" Because I and I was like, "No, it's me. It's me. <laughs> Take her out. Thanks for that." Um, and then my other winners because I, I haven't picked any players because again, that, like you said, I could be a forever if we were listing players because performances were so good yesterday. Um, but Sarah Orchard and Brian Moore, I thought were absolutely superb on commentary um, on the England game. It was just joyous, and I've said it for a long time as well. Like what we've missed, especially in Northern Hemisphere rugby, is I think sometimes the commentary is a little bit bland and boring. Like I love Super Rugby, and I half love it because it can be a bit mad sometimes, and I I, I love it a bit because all the fans seem to have mullets and bad haircuts and dress in really weird ways, and anything can really happen. But I also think like the productions are better, and the commentaries are better, and there's a bit more. I would say enthusiasm, but there's a bit more character and personality to what's to the commentary. And I think that, that helps a lot. Like when you're watching a game, if you've got someone who's a bit, I, I don't want to slag people off because I know this has already happened on Twitter this week where someone's got to kick in because he rightly said that some people were a bit shit doing the Six Nations and some people were a bit shit doing the Six Nations. It helps if you can get names right. I think that that's a big one, especially if it's an established international. You should know he's not called Willis Hulahalla or whatever the hell they came out with. Like it's pretty simple stuff. Like it's your job. You can find time to find out people's names, but also like it, it does become a little bit like we've got people who've been doing it for a very long time and they sound like they've lost interest a little bit and they're still talking about the game like it's the nineties. That really didn't happen in that England game and. Uh, Sarah sounded fully, sounded fully invested and every time there was an opportunity she got excited by it and it gets you excited if you've got a commentator who's excited by what's going on in the field it brings it up a little bit for you because yeah we can talk about that atmosphere in the stadium and as you know if you go to a game and that atmosphere picks up when there's a try scoring opportunity it gets your heart going and it gets your blood pumping but when you sat at the house, in the house watching it you kind of need the commentator to do some of that job for you as well and I thought they did that brilliantly yes and I thought Brian Moore was superb 
Um, again, one of those ones, along with Dylan Hartley, that not too long ago, I wouldn't have thought I'd be singing their praises because as a Welsh rugby fan, like they're not the most likeable people in the world, English hookers. But the two of them are absolutely superb when they're given a chance behind the mic. And I, I, I loved it yesterday. I thought it really added to the game in, in, in a big way. So they're my, uh, they're my other winners for this week. Can I just say one last thing before we finish then? Georgia, what's the chat been like since the game yesterday? How are the girls? Are the girls flying? Or... Yeah, really, really positive. Everyone like on cloud nine. I think the biggest thing for us is like that we know we're only as good as, as the next one because we lose Scotland and there, there's uh, and more questions being raised because you don't want to be that team that just does it one off. So I think, um, yeah, they were flying high last night, celebrated, um, enjoyed each other's company. I know that they had um, loads of time together. Um, they're back today and, and now it's focused on on next week you know we can only we can only live off that high for so long so it's back to focusing on uh on the next job so i'm sure they'll do well well we expect we expect to say no to be honest they're all really down after yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> really you, struggling, to be honest the morale in camp is really poor no, because you, you don't because the thing is you don't know because there's, there's there are things where like there could be people that have gone too high on too low and they you, it's like like, like the answer I think George has t- probably given there is, yeah, they're flying. However, we know that we need, well, we've got another job. Whereas you might get some other teams that will be like, yeah, they're flying. We think we're going to win the World Cup sort of thing. So you just need, ju- you need to gauge it and judge it. Don't you? <laughs> and we, I'm, I'm, let's, let's be honest, we've never had this opportunity to have a current international player on our podcast. We need oh, to ask those true, questions. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I was, I was talking, when, when like George said yes, like the other day, I was, I was in work and I was chatting to my mate and he was like, what does it mean? I was like, well, you're an England football fan. He's like, yeah. I said, Imagine someone like, I don't know, Harry Kane saying yes to come on your podcast because it's a current international. And he was like, oh, I, I get it. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be like on Sunday. Comparing me to Harry Kane, that is big boots. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a United fan, so so. <laughs> so there we go. George Rowe, the Harry Kane of Welsh rugby. <laughs> no, because he, he's also the guy that when we, when we played Scotland last year in the Six Nations, the, like the Louis Samet try and all that when we beat him in Murrayfield, I watched the game with my phone in my hand voice noting because he has no idea. And all, all game he was like, what does this mean? I was like, right, it means this. What does that mean? All right, it means this. Constantly for the whole 80 minutes. So I had to try and sort of compare it to something he understands because he's never watched a game of rugby in his life. And he knows nothing <laughs> about it. Well, and, and he's, he's a Tottenham fan, so he knows nothing about football either. <laughs> You've managed to sneak football into this a few times this week, so I'm going to have to cut you off now. I think well, we, I, I, I haven't mentioned cricket, so we'll stay. We'll stay. Oh yeah, that, that's no. Let's not go to cricket. Let's stop it there. Um, <laughs> there's only so much I can take. I'll leave you off for the football then. Uh, so that's all that's left is to thank you all as always for uh, for helping me out for doing everything that you do. No thank you, Georgia, for coming on. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on. Really good fun. Thank and you. Thank- and thanks to you for listening. Cheers, thanks all. Bye now. You've been listening to Rock and Roll. If you've stuck with us this far, leave us a review. Follow us, not just you, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.